Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking. And today's special guest is the one, the only, Miss AJ Bishop, also known or goes by CEO. If you go to her website, you can check this out. Now, we are lucky today because, you know, AJ is a self-made millionaire. So everyone, grab your paper, grab your pens, and let's get ready for some notes. Now, AJ, she's the CEO and founder of Wealth Conscious Coach. Over 15 years spent in wealth management and financial services in- industry. So yes, she knows what she's doing, knows what she's talking about. And then my favorite piece of this is she started from humble beginnings uh, as the youngest of three daughters with a, a strong willed Brazilian mother. So I love all of this, AJ. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm super excited to chat with you and uh, looking forward to to learning. Well, thanks so much for having me, Ron and Corey. It's, um, yeah, it's a, I I love that mindset hacking, right, is just um, taken off. And I think if only I had this 10 or 15 years ago, um, what, what could have been possible? So I'm glad to be here today. Right. Well, and that's why we have the show. So we, we are stoked to have you, especially since we have a ton of entrepreneurs that listen to our show. The self-made millionaire piece, I'm sure, is going to resonate with a ton of people. But before we get too far, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to the guests? Well, as Corey shared, I was raised by a feisty Brazilian mother. My father passed away when I was a baby. Um, and you know, I would just say my strong will came from right. My, my mom and all girl home, you know, the school of hard knocks, we definitely did the best that we could growing up in Utah. And I just remember my mom's passion and vision for being in America is really what, what charged me, right? Like there was not an option to not go to college. There was not an option to not make it because she had sacrificed so much to get us to the United States. And so I would say that, you know, my, my first aspiration, right, what I wanted to be when I went to college was a veterinarian. And I loved animals and did all the things and realized that veterinarians don't make a lot of money. And, you know, I always tell people that I love to tell the story about making money because I think sometimes that's a taboo topic, right? People 
think that if you talk about how you make money or things that did or didn't work, it means it's either you're, it's all going to be taken away or that you're seen as boastful. But on the contrary, I'm actually quite a humble person. And until I went into entrepreneurship, most people had no conclude, no, no clue of my success because I was hiding in corporate America, just working the grind and slowly working my way up. And so it wasn't until I went into entrepreneurship that I really realized that it's so important, especially for women to talk about money and their successes as a way to be a contribution, right? Not a way to um, have any shame or to have any guilt about your success, but it's so important to ensure that others can learn from you and that you can share so that like you just that the way we started off that you can have a successes faster, for example, than I did. No, I, I love that. And <clears throat> what's interesting is I'm second generation in this country. And, and I remember because my grandparents migrated here from Greece and it, when they instantly got here, it was America. They had the American flags. They wouldn't talk Greek anymore. Like my mom's fluent, but I'm not. And like I can say words, but I always mess them up. And the words are so close to other words that you probably shouldn't mess them up. But I think it's, it's, it puts you on a different track because most of the people that come here had to find their own way, make their own way, and then create something to like my grandfather create, he owned a candy shop, owned a couple of restaurants that paid for other people to come over here. Right. So I think the entrepreneurial piece I say I was just born with it because I was born into the, that type of family. Do you feel that's something that you got from your mom in that aspect? Oh, a hundred percent. And for me, it was her work ethic. You know, I, I have moments sometimes where, you know, friends would say, oh, my mom was home. You know, she did this, she did that, but my mom worked and she worked hard and she actually would take me to work with her. So when I was seven, eight years old, um, she always was a cook. She worked at a retirement home. She would take me in to work with her and she would, you know, it wasn't like I was there playing with my, my little pony or anything like that. Like she put me to work. And so I had to learn from a really young age, the value of what it meant to be successful. And granted, right. I, I'm sure at the time she was making five, $6 a day, but at the end of the day, she just taught me, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's about having the integrity of the work that you put out into the world. And so when I started out, right, as seven, eight years old, seeing how important it was to ensure that your work quality was above standards, I would say that translated 100% into everything that I did from corporate America to now even the business that I run. So true. I have a question that you know, I know money is, is, is a one thing and that is one piece of success. That is one, def, you know, d definition, whether you've made it, you haven't made it, right? Uh, but you have, being the youngest of three sisters, where, where is everyone else's success? And again, it's not necessarily about money. It's where's the happiness level, whether it's family, uh, business, contributing to the society, like where is everyone else in the family? Because uh, did are, are all three of you just amazingly incredible powerhouses or, or what, you know, kind of tell us about the, the others. 
You know, Corey, I love that question. And I don't ever, I actually don't often get asked that. And, you know, it actually is really near and dear to my heart that you asked this because we all aren't the same, right? So I am 10 years younger than my middle sister and 16 years younger than my oldest sister. And so in a lot of ways, I was almost raised as an only child. And that's because my father passed away when I was about one and a half. So my two sisters had, right, that dual income, if you will, household. And candidly, my, my dad worked and my mom did too, but he was the breadwinner. And so when I was growing up, I didn't have that model. Like my mom was the breadwinner. And so I had to see what it was like for her to struggle. And I knew that I didn't want that for myself either. And I knew that she didn't want it for me because the reality is, is when my father passed away, he actually left us a very large insurance policy. It was around a million dollars. And my mom being from Brazil with English as her second language, she did not have access to understanding the financial markets, right? And let's think about it. The 80s was a totally different show, right? It's not like we had the internet where you can Google things and start your own investment portfolios. So she had to actually go to someone and put all of her trust in knowing that they were giving her good advice. And the bad news is that they didn't. And so my mom actually just retired about five years ago at the age of 72. And unfortunately, my older sisters also do not have a great relationship with money. They, you know, my oldest sister has had her struggles, you know, she's still working and um, it's just, she's just never had a great relationship with it. And as I shared before, we actually started the interview, my middle sister's husband recently passed. And so she's a widow at 49. And so it's just amazing how, right, we all grew up in the same household in a way, but our environment had completely shifted. And so I, um, you know, I love to spoil my family, if you will, but I think the way that I spoil them the most is by teaching them what I've learned. So I helped my mom, right, create a retirement plan. Recently with my sister, I helped her, right, settle her, um, her husband who passed away, his estate, which, you know, that's a whole other podcast that we could talk about because unfortunately he didn't have a will in place, but it's just one of those scenarios where I often think, well, what happened? Like, how did I, how did I make it here? And yet they still were left in the cycle of, I wouldn't call it poverty, but of what I'll call working wages. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking at your website and I have, I have two daughters, right? And the women wealth and worth and knowing your worth, like that's something I'm trying to teach my daughters because at the end of the day, they need to understand their worth in themselves so no one else can place a value on them. Does that make sense? Like, I don't mean to sound awful, but I want them to grow up and understand who they are and understand that they can be as powerful as they want and they don't have to rely on somebody to give them that title. And I don't know if that's how you do it, but it says driven and humble. Like I also want that for them too. So I, I want to pick your brain a little bit on that as a, as a father for, for daughters as well. Yeah. I think it's so important to not forget about our, our male friends, as I call them, right? I worked in a 
male dominated industry for almost 20 years. And I would be amiss to not say that there were some very powerful and amazing men that supported me because as a young woman in the investment industry, it just, there were tough times. And what I mean by that is no one looked like me. No one sounded like me. I, you know, I'm bubbly. And they were like, what are you doing? You know, you need to be more serious, but it was the men in my life that actually assisted with what I'd say the mindset my mom created for me, right? Like my mom instilled in me hard work. My mom instilled in me this idea of being an independent woman and the male role models I had, whether they were uncles or whether they were bosses I had at work, they were the ones who really helped me see that, yeah, my worth was more than just, right, being a pretty face in the room or being the young girl in the room. And so I think it's so important right? At the end of the day for men and women to continue to support and create this idea around your worth because wealth and worth are the same thing, right? If you don't feel worthy or you don't feel like you're enough, then you're never going to believe in yourself to have the ability for entrepreneurship or for taking that next right raise or asking for the next raise or taking on that next job. And so, you know, a piece of my mindset has always just been, right, like, pardon my language, but oh, what the hell, like, go for it anyway. Like, what do I have to lose if I don't try? Well, if I don't try, I have a lot to lose. But if I try, at least I can say I did it. And I would say the mindset that we can instill in all of our young ladies, whether we're male, female, is to ensure that right? All, all people are worthy. Like there's more than enough in the world. There's more than enough abundance and to ensure that you're instilling, right? The people you love and letting them know how important it is to have that confidence will go a really long way. Yes, absolutely. And teaching, teaching our kids, uh, you know, and I think, I, I assume you being in the financial industry, you probably are involved with couples and family members that there's, there's probably one big fight in the house and it, it's probably centers around communication or finances, right. Or the, or communication with the finances. And so how do you, how do you teach people? How do you get people through that kind of uh, conversation? Cause I'm sure it comes up, you know, on a regular basis. Right. And then, cause we as couples and, and uh, need to, be great at it. And then we got to teach our kids so we can break that cycle, right? Like it's, it's all, we got to get that cycle uh, out of here and, and, and get, you know, our relationship with money to, to be stronger in that communication and all that. So how do you, how do you teach people that stuff? Yeah, I, I, I teach it in a fun way because like you said, um, the idea is to create connection versus conflict. And because money often does build a lot of conflict in couples, it's so important to really understand the background. And so all the women I work with and their husbands or their partners or their wives, we have a conversation around their money story, right? How was your money story created? Where, where was it created and by who? And by taking the time to sit and really get clear on, you know, my mother, for example, taught me how to save money versus my sister taught me how to, right, not save money. And specifically, right, she would steal my piggy bank. And I know it sounds 
very right juvenile in a way, but that same idea of my money being taken away was something I was always very aware of, right? When I made the shift from corporate to entrepreneurship, I would say that it had nothing to do with, right? The ability of whether I'd be able to be successful. It was like, oh no, am I going to be able to make money? And is someone going to come and take it? And so by sitting down and getting really clear about how was my money story created for me and being able to see, actually, that's not true right? I tell a lot of people, um, I was married really young and I got divorced really young. Um, and when we got divorced, we had, I had like $500 to my name, right? I, I was at, at the time I was at the peak of my, at the peak of my earning at the time. And after we paid off all of our debt and our house and our cars, there just was only like $500. And that was less than 10 years ago. So in the past 10 years, I've actually able, been able to make the self-made millionaire, right? Like that didn't happen from 25 to 30. It's really been in the past 30 years where I had to get really near and clear with what was my story that was operating that was stopping me from being as successful with my money as I could have been. And when I got really clear on that, I was able to shift right? My patterns, my behaviors, my attitude about money. Because for me, my story has just always been about fear of success. And I, I'm sure plenty of people have that. It sounds like a weird fear, but mine's always been about success because at, I'm always, I was always fearful it could be taken away. And so the most important thing when you get together with your partner is to ensure that you both really understand where you're coming from. Because when you can do that, you can actually see a more human side, right? Money is very, um, sometimes it's seen as a, like an object, but it's actually really an emotional piece of a relationship and in, in an intimacy with your partner. That, that is huge. So I, I had something I wanted to say until you said that, because I was like, oh my gosh, that is perfect. And now I lost my train of thought, but I love that you're talking about the fear of success. Because I think so many entrepreneurs out there, like I know when Corey and I were starting this journey, there was that that underlining fear of what happens, right? Like when we started this show, what if no one listens? <laughs> what if no one likes it, <laughs> right? I mean, so, totally. so that came up. And then when we started actually just being the entrepreneur, it was like, what if my wife and I had this conversation? You know, because I needed her blessing before I just said, hey, since you're a stay-at-home mom, uh, I know you like to eat and like live in this house. So I'm sure you want money coming in. I'm going to quit my job. How does that sound? I think it sounds great. You should be great. It should be, you should be happy. And she was less than thrilled at the beginning, but she understood it was a calling. But we had that conversation. And I said, look, the worst thing that can happen, I have to go find another job because it doesn't work. I mean, that's, a, that's the worst thing that can happen i'm not gonna let us starve i'm not gonna let the family starve and you know what you have to walk through that fear right and i think that's so huge that you said that but how did you overcome that fear to switch the money story because that's that was the question i actually wanted to ask before your last statement was how do you help other people switch their money story for themselves. Cause I know that's so difficult because my wife has one money story, which is 
got us in this amazing place in our life. I have a spending money story that I like to spend that money that she likes to save. And I was like, look, we can save, 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 save. Then you die and we don't do anything, but we saved money. And what's the point? We have to have some fun along the way. So how do you help people switch that money story? Well, Ron, you just put the words, well, you took them out of my mouth. It's like oh. we were on the same vibe here because <laughs> that's it. It's, it's determining, am I a spender? Am I a planner or am I a saver? And knowing that each of those money personalities or money mindsets, none of them are bad and none of them are good, right? Like it's the, the idea is that you have a blend of all of them. Just like, you know, we love to do personality quizzes and it's like, oh, I'm an extrovert. Oh, I'm an introvert. I'm, this is good. That's bad, et cetera. But knowing what your primary money style is, is so important so that you can see how you either complement or potentially conflict with your, your own goals or perhaps the goals of you and your partner. And so by first identifying, okay, I'm a, I'm a planner, right? A planner typically is the person who is always looking in the future. And so they struggle often like a saver to actually spend money and different than a saver, right? A saver sometimes is called a penny pincher or a hoarder, right? Like they, they just won't spend it all different than a planner who actually will, because it's always being planned for something in the future. Right. And then I personally am also a spender Ron. you're in great company, right? As a spender, we we like to take risks, actually. Mm -hmm. And that is the value in being a spender because sometimes people will say, well, I'm a spender and it's bad. Well, actually it's good. We're the ones that tend to take a risk and act first, right? Like I look at my history of, right? How did I make myself or how did I make it in those 10 years? It's because I took a lot of risk in the real estate market, right? I, I invested in properties in Seattle. I invested in properties in Salt Lake and in, and in, and in San Diego, and you know, had I not been a spender, if I was more of a saver or a planner, I wouldn't have taken those risks. Right. right. So it's really important first to understand what, like, what is my primary, and then how can I actually embrace the other styles to add more, as I like to call it, more, more color to the picture. Right. Oftentimes, people live with like three crayons. Well, technically, I guess two because. I know white's a crayon, but it's not like it really colors, but there's really like, you need as many colors in the coloring boxes you can get. Yes. All right. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit on you. And I want to talk about your blog or your, uh, the reason you're here today, right? On a podcast, uh, you know, what's, what's your strategy to getting out there? What's your strategy to being, uh, you know, visible to, to all the, the people that you want to share your message with. And obviously, like, I mean, Ron and I, if you know anything about us, we're all about publishing in many ways and repurposing that content in many ways. And so when I saw your blog, I'm like, oh, okay, there's one piece that she's doing, uh, AJ's doing to get out there. And obviously you're being interviewed by us. So there's another piece that you're doing to get out there. So walk us through, like, what's, what's kind of your strategy for getting out there? And, and uh, how do you utilize that, the blog and all that fun stuff? Corey, that's such a great question because as a um, re rehabilitating corporate professional, I didn't have to worry about any of that, right? It was already done for me in the organization, whether it was Wells Fargo or JP Morgan, right? The brand's already been created. And so really it was me building my own personal brand within a well-established brand. 
And so when I became an entrepreneur, a part of, right, part of my naivety was, oh, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like I just put my name out there and people will come, like they'll just start showing up and it'll be all good. And I realized really quickly that what's different in entrepreneurship is people want to see you're human, right? Like what, what made me successful in corporate America is not going to make me successful in entrepreneurship. And what really works for me is I am very authentic, I'm very open, and I'm very real. And so for me, I found almost immediately that I need my voice out there. I need interviews. I need people to see me, even though candidly for a long time, I didn't want to. Like I was hiding behind the text in a blog or I was hiding in our Instagram posts. But I made the conscious decision this year that my goal is to do as many speaking engagements as I can, because this is, this is my natural element, right? When I'm in a conversation with people and they're getting to know me and I'm getting to know them, like my true personality comes out different than I tend to be a little more formal and written form. And so my strategy this year is all about having more of a um, an audio or a visual presence versus a actual written. And then I also, I'll be candid, I hired a marketing person because that's not my background. It's not what I do. And I just know that it's so important to bring people to your team that compliment you, but also stretch you in ways that maybe you're not comfortable with. And so my marketing um, woman, she's fantastic. And she has all these ideas on how we can continue to actually grow all parts of our, our marketing. But uh, for me, I prefer to, you know, to be live like this and to be in conversation with individuals and with communities. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> you know, that's, we've used our show for many different things. Uh, one is it, it has to be entertaining to our, our listeners, but we've had a lot of things that we wanted to learn. And selfishly, we're like, let's bring these experts on so we can learn through our show. Right. And so it's, it's been, it's been a fun time. One thing I noticed on my wealth conscious coach, there's something about vision boards on there. Right. And I know a lot of people talk about vision boards or use vision boards. What's your philosophy around vision boards? Well, it's a great question because we do a lot of visual with when we work with money stories. So as I referenced earlier, we would take money stories and we basically take a white piece of paper and you get to draw and you get to create like this visual pathway. And I love the idea of mind maps. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's such an expressive and creative way to put sometimes very concrete and analytical things on paper. And so a vision board does just that too, right? Sometimes, not sometimes, let's get real. All the time we are living in our heads, right? We're living in what's called our recycled thoughts. We're living in the past or we're living in the future and images and visuals bring back to us the present moment. And so by using vision boards specifically around wealth, right? And specifically with women as well, because we are creative beings, we're able to take things that maybe we had no clue were part of our vision and put them on paper, right? Through images or through 
our ability to write or to scribe it out or to draw it. And the reality though is, and I say this a lot, is language is our way of transformation. So whether we're speaking it into reality or whether we're writing it or drawing it into reality, that's actually the first tipping point to having a transformation. And at My Wealth Conscious Coach, our mission is financial transformation to women to uplevel the world. And so we use a lot of different tools that aren't very right, consistent, if you will, or they're not very posh in the wealth management industry, right? It's very technical and it's a lot of graphs, but we use creativity as a way to get women out of their heads and into their hearts and into their intuition to get really clear on what matters to them. So good. So good. All right. Last question for me, AJ, and uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a rapid fire. So first thought, best thoughts, three little answers, and it's around hindsight. Now, normally I like to ask about what you've learned, your own hindsight to help the audience. But but now, I mean, speak to this or answer this to things you've learned from either yourself or your client's history, uh, because obviously money is is something that uh, can hurt a lot of people because they don't understand it enough. They don't understand their story to, to make it work for them uh, in the right way. And, and so let's, I love being able to have this conversation with you. So, um, so, all right, first, first question in regards to hindsight, what's the, the number one thing that you wish everybody knew? I wish everyone knew that money is just a tool, right? It, it's, it, it's kind of funny, but it, it really is just play money and it can be created and it can be created and it can be created and it can be created. Love that. All right. Uh, number two, and it is what, what do you, what's the number one thing that you teach everyone? So now they are understanding it's a tool, but as you've worked with the, the everyone over the last 10 years, um, what, what's like the, the first thing, the first step, the first action that you want everyone else to go take? I would say the first step is to stop hiding and get really clear on what is. Right. So that starts with pulling together all of your bank statements. It starts with pulling together all of your financials and just getting really clear about what, like, what is the state of the union currently so that then you can draw to what you want to create versus being in what I like to call the fog, right? Like I call it this money creates a fog sometimes around people or they, you know, become an ostrich and they just put their head in the ground. But it's so important to just get really clear on what is right now with your financials. Love it. All right. And then last thing, just for fun, what is your kind of biggest uh, indulged spending that you've done, whether it's a $20,000 vacation or, uh, you know, a super expensive car? Like what's the one thing you've indulged on? And, uh, it, and it's okay because you work hard for it and you, you are a spender and you can have fun uh, because, and you know all the other tips to save when you need to save. So what's that one indulgement? That you've had? Man, I wish I could say I had something super sexy because 
Um, I've been really wanting a Tesla, an SUV Tesla, and I just can't do it. Like I just can't do it. (laughs) Right. But you know, and my partner, he's very analytical. So he's like, let's do the cost analysis of buying a car. And I'm just like, no, it's sexy. I want it. You can save money on gas and yeah, exactly. So it's on the list, but I haven't purchased it yet because I'm, I'm just, I'm there in terms of, I'm kind of hard on my cars. But what I like to spend my money on hands down is experiences. So I love to travel and I love to travel first class and I love to stay in nice hotels and I like to right do all the room service and do all the things. And so prior to COVID, I would take three to four international trips and like wait, go big, like just really go big. Um, and so that's what I'm most excited to spend my money on this year is some really nice luxury trips somewhere. Uh, Italy's on the list as well as I'd love to go to Fiji. Oh my gosh. She's speaking to me now, Corey, like that, that's my jam. All right. So AJ, I, I'm so happy that you joined us today. Uh, I think it's been a phenomenal fun time and I know there's people out there that want to get involved in your world. So how can they get best involved with you? Well, I would love to invite everyone to go to mywealthconsciouscoach.com. We're actually launching the new website uh, by the time this will have, will have aired. And yeah, figure out your money personality. We'll have our quiz up there so you can take it and get really clear on whether you're a, a planner, a spender, or a saver. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram, mywealthconsciouscoach.com. Oh, I want to say .com. See, see, I told you marketing's not my thing. You're but uh, <laughs> yeah, on Instagram, we're my wealth conscious coach. And on the webs, right, on the intranets, we are mywealthconsciouscoach.com. Perfect. Awesome. You're on mute. All right. Thanks so much, AJ. <laughs> it's been a blast and uh, definitely appreciate your time. Uh, I can't wait to learn more, watch more and see where you go. Uh, so definitely thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun and um, I'm grateful you exist for this community because some powerful things will be created as a result of your work in the world. Thank you so much, AJ. All right, everyone. That concludes another amazing interview, but we would be remiss if we didn't have our takeaways So uh, I assume, Ron, you might have one or two. I know I've got about 20. So go ahead and and pick. You're not stealing mine this time, though. Well, okay. So I guess the question is, do I share the ones that I'm going to share to my wife or to the audience? Because there's different. Like I have a tell Rachel these things story. Well, let's let's hear the tell Rachel ones because it's personal here. No, it's 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 just funny because again, that spender and and saver mentality. And look, I'm super grateful that she saves and she's helped create this amazing thing that we have. Uh, but I also want to spend some stuff. So that's kind of how we do things. Um, all right. So number one, first and foremost, understand your worth. I don't care male, female but you have a worth out there and you need to know that you create your worth. You understand your worth and that is important. So number one, that is that the other one, I'm going to talk a little bit about surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, she said in order for her to get 
to the next level in, in marketing or whatever. She found some experts and she started surrounding herself with good people. And, and I've said this multiple times, but don't surround yourself with the, just a whole bunch of people that will say yes or agree to what you do. At the end of the day, that's not going to help you. That's not going to get you where you want to go. Surround yourself with people that are good at what they do. And then more importantly, let them go do it. Yeah, so, so true. All right. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, to anybody listening, anybody watching, anybody paying attention, ask yourself this question and get to know, are you a spender, a planner, or a saver? What's your story? Because you can't fix it. You can't move forward until you understand where you're at. And then remember, money is the tool, right? It is the tool. And if once you're clear on what is, you the, anything is possible. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. But if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with, and we will see you over there. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers community. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks, and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hack.